Welcome to the Boys in the Iceberg, the podcast where we recap Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode for fans new and old. I'm your host, John Listman, immigration attorney by day, stand-up comic by night, airbender at heart, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. I'm Jeff Miller, TV writer, avid mind wanderer, and aspiring waterbender. Uh, We have an incredible episode this week, book three. Chapter Seven: The Runaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just a, a little runaway. <laughs> okay, before <laughs> stuck with Bon Jovi in our head. Right. Uh, let's get through this overview. Uh, Team yeah. Avatar has money problems, so Toph uses her earth bending to scam Fire Nation civilians out of their funds to Katara's disapproval. Toph thinks Katara is acting too motherly and a rift forms within the group. To mend things, Katara decides to pull a scam with Toph, but they are caught by an assassin, Sokka dubs Combustion Man. He uses them as bait in an attempt to kill Aang, but Katara's quick thinking saves the day. As the group settles down for the night, Toph, with Katara's help, sends a letter to her parents. Okay, so right. uh, this episode, uh, I think... We should just talk. Yeah, it's going to do something, so let's let it do it. Let's just talk. Yeah, about it. yeah. Let's just jump in. It, it's uh, the episode opens with Toph hurriedly running away from someone towards a statue in Fire Fountain City. Several guards capture her in a net. She yells at Katara for betraying her. Katara counters that Toph brought this upon herself and left her no choice. Toph is dragged away by the guards while glaring at Katara who stands firmly by the statue. What? What, what happened? <laughs> what, what did we miss, Jeff? <laughs> ah, what could be going on? I don't know. I love it. This is, um, this is the first episode of the series that, that starts in media res, which uh, basically means it starts kind of in the middle of the story. Um, and then later on, we'll see it, it kind of cuts to three days earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really do that kind of nonlinear storytelling in this series at all. Um, but it's it's obviously intentional here to to give us that fake out of, holy cow, Katara is actually turning on Toph, and the way the episode progresses until this reveal is actually, is is really cool because it, it really you do feel like all right, Katara could turn on her the way that mm-hmm. this is going. Definitely, um, the runaway uh, episode's title. Okay, I mean, if it isn't obvious that to me, this is a Toph episode. Uh, uh, it's it's. She certainly has more of a spotlight. It's not just about Toph, but it but it was a nice yeah. kind of a theme with Sokka getting the master, Katara getting painted lady. Toph now uh, has her own kind of day in the sun. Uh, and this this little town, we see this quaint little fire village where like in the middle there's a, a fountain spewing fire. And this is supposed to be calm and reassuring and... Uh, <laughs> Just, 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 you know, how you build a town square around the fire pit. <laughs> it is, it is a really epic um, statue. It's obviously Fire Lord Ozai. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing the same pose with fire coming out that I believe we saw briefly in one of Aang's like panic dreams or panic flashes. Really? Um, or maybe it was even him doing it with the idea of like roaring fire and fire coming out of both ends of his hands, um, it's very scary and intimidating, but it is also funny how in this 
in this town, it's like the, the meditative center. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know, you, you just know that uh, Katara and uh, Toph clearly are fighting about something. Like, like what, what, what can it be? So uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's see. Uh, let's find out. The episode backtracks to three days earlier. Katara and Toph train a blindfolded Aang who must use seismic sense to detect their attack. When Toph accidentally hits Katara in the chest with a rock, the two start fighting each other. Aang, still blindfolded, tries to figure what is going on from a distance. Sokka suddenly charges from behind a rock, loudly screaming, Sneak attack! (laughs) And makes a failed attempt to strike Aang. The Avatar comments that it is not a sneak attack if it's yelled out loud. No, 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 it (laughs) isn't. Oh, Sokka. Okay, so... uh, Three days earlier, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, J- just there is that tension. Never having used this device in the Avatar world, that mm-hmm. what what what's happened here? Is this a dream that we're in? There, but uh, it gives us this uh, clarity. It grounds us again. Uh, yeah. And Aang and the gang are training. Yeah. And they're not just training; they are training with seismic. Uh, sense, mm-hmm. which is definitely the first time we've seen Aang do this. Absolutely. Um, and it's important to note that he's doing it with a blindfold on. You know, it's sometimes people might assume, well, any earthbender who's mastered it can do this, you know, use this technique. But, you know, besides badger moles and toff, who primarily do this because of their inability to see, you'd wonder if other earthbenders would have ever felt the need to even consider this. Um, and since Toph's his master, she's passing this knowledge on to Aang. Um, and I still like to think that besides Badger Moles, Toph and Aang are the only two who can do this. And we can see that he's doing it really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's one thing. He's, he's able to see blindfolded, like, like literally. He has the same visual ability as Toph. Uh, it's something we see for the first time and it's really not a uh, mentioned. We just see it as the audience. It, he doesn't share it with Toph as far as we know. Uh, so uh, very cool. To, and, and it's also to me a symbol that his earth bending training is complete. We, we have mastered it. And uh, whether mm-hmm. we're ready or not, it's time to learn fire. Yes, at this point he's sharpening his skills, but uh-huh. he's, he's got this down. Uh, this training quickly turns into a brawl between <laughs> Toph and Katara here. Uh, listen, I, I, they, well, just they were, all, they were on the same page at the beginning of the training. They had their kind yeah. of history and their differences, different styles of teaching, but the, uh, they, they at least started off the day friends. They did. You know, there's, there's a couple ways to look at this. I mean, on the one hand, getting hit in the chest with a rock mm-hmm. is a little different than you know, like getting splashed in the background. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we've seen like the ways uh, Katara has purposely or not tormented Sokka with mm-hmm. her training, you know, waterbending training with Aang. Yeah. And she never really felt the need to feel that bad about it. Um, so you can't get that upset when this happens. But I, this also gives us one of the best nicknames. And Toph really is a nickname master. But Madam Fussy Britches mm-hmm. is just is just classic. It's up there with Twinkle Toes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm honestly shocked that there aren't more 
Twitter and Instagram avatar fan accounts that are, you know, at Miss Fussy Britches. <laughs> it's because it's such a cool name. It's such a funny, yeah. I, I, I don't know if Mudslug is quite as, quite as cool, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, sneak attack. I mean, it's funny. He's blindfolded and uh, we see him use the seismic sense, <laughs> but it's, it's like using a, uh, you know, a cannon to kill a fly. Uh, it's it's just so obvious what's happening. Yeah. Um, Osaka. So the fight between Toph and Katara continues with the two wrestling in mud. Aang interrupts them and they stop. While Katara cleans herself off, Toph, Aang, and Sokka venture to the city with one piece of silver left to spend. Toph suggests they earn more money from a gambling game below them. Using her earthbending, she's able to detect how the dealer is cheating. She uses her bending to cheat as well and wins. The gambler ups the ante, wagering Sokka's sword to his 20 silver pieces. Toph ups it to 40 and wins once again, earning them 40 silver pieces. When they arrive back at camp, Katara advises them against the action. However, even when Aang makes an avatar's promise not to do so, they don't listen. Later on, Toph cheats in a dice-like game and a test-your-strength game, winning even more money. She also pretends to get run over by a noble's carriage so that Sokka, dressed as a Fire Nation soldier, can scam the noble by accepting more for silence. Uh, a little, uh, they're flirting with crime. I mean, they're not flirting. They are just enjoying it at this point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, there's a couple ways to look at it. You know, two wrongs don't make a right, sure. But we know what, what Toph's capable of. They do not. They're, all they knew, you know, the, this first guy she goes to is that she's a blind girl, young blind girl. Yeah. And he still attempts to deceive her out of money. Um, so I got no sympathy for any of these guys. And yeah. I think that all these scams they're pulling are totally mm-hmm. justified. Um, I think that... Uh, Another thing, you know, a lot of people maybe, especially myself, worry that Katara was, you know, thinking of it from a moral point of view. You know, this isn't right. We shouldn't be doing this. I think she's really only upset because she doesn't want to draw attention and we'll see exactly why that is later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I don't think she has any problem with the morals of it. So I I was thinking about it and and she, I agree. She absolutely doesn't. She does not. Um, So what, what, what Toph does, I mean, she is, hustle the hustler or cheat the cheater and uh if you recall when katara first got her waterbending scroll Mm -hmm. it was from a pirate uh who stole it so to steal from a thief it is within her moral code and uh i mean it is her moral code so uh no i think it was much 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 more the attention um i plus as it grew, it was that the gang was having fun without her. I mean, that, that, that's, add that on Absolutely. top. Absolutely. Uh, well, we'll get, yeah, we'll, yeah. And we'll, and we'll hit that point soon, too. Um, I also think in 2020, rewatching this, yeah. you know, the noblemen riding around and you could see everybody else. You know, most of the citizens that we see and the civilians with these scammers, they're dressed in relatively ragged clothes. They don't seem like they're living very uh, prosperous lives. And you see these guys in this, like, lavish carriage you know riding through the town you know it's it's a little like somebody with a really nice car driving through the ghetto but at the same time again in 2020 
with all these class differences, even in the Fire Nation, we're seeing that there's some class separation here. It's hard to fault our, our heroes for, for swindling this guy because you can only imagine the way that they, you know, his entire class has been swindling the majority of the population. So, yeah. Uh, so clearly, I mean, the, the swindle, they used earthbending to make it feel like he had ran over uh, a person. And uh, and like how he just sits there. It's like, nope. Oh, 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 oh. He, he just quietly kept taking more and more money from the uh, nobleman. Uh, I, I want to speak about the uh, the hustlers, the street level guys that were trying to take money from blind children. Uh, mm-hmm. Are they like, of course, the last airbender? They no one can airbend. Uh, it just seemed that some of these hustles are not bend proof. I mean, none of them is bending proof. They, they obviously live in a world where there's like a fire bender, if anything, and you can obviously see fire. Uh, so yeah, I, I makes you wonder. I, I wonder that. That's a good point. Um, especially in the Fire Nation, you'd think that the you only might get an people... Earth colonial every now and then. True. Oh, well, I mean, from a Fire Nation settlement in the Earth colonies, I don't know if they're even letting Earth Nation citizens um, like join them. You know, it's kind of like join us or die. I think that it's literally, we're just taking all of you out. Yeah. So I wonder that. That's a very good point. And we've also seen what they do to Earthbenders when they find them. Um, even if they're willing to kind of stay quiet, they're going to round them up. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they're pretty confident that the only people they're going to come across are, you know, if they can bend, will be firebenders. And you can't really use firebending to manipulate a lot of these games that no, they're doing. Um, absolutely not. Unless you overheated something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. I mean, the guy who was playing the shell game was secretly taking the little uh, pea or rock under the shell and hiding it up his sleeve. Toph able to earthbend it out of midair into the uh, cup. Uh, I think uh, with the Katara moral thing, it's... Uh, they reached a point, like at first, you, you know, when you're hungry, you need food. Uh, you, you, this is Avatar. What, once you had fulfilled the uh, supplies demand for the trip, Katara is absolutely in the right here. Yeah. Because it, it, it very much reminds me of Book Two's scenario with uh, Iroh and Zuko. Mm-hmm. And Zuko kind of taking far more than they needed when they were on the run as the, uh, mm. as the blue spirit and how that finally came, you know, you know, forced things to come to a head between the two of them and they went their separate ways. Yeah. But uh, they're having so much fun. I mean, when was, have we seen the gang have fun for a lot ever? <laughs> not, not, not yeah. yeah, not this long. I mean, maybe again in the headband episode, Mm-hmm. Um, right. I also love that it seems as though Sokka has learned from his mistake last time because it's clear he doesn't glue this, the, the beard on this time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's able to remove it. Yes. Um, no, and I also love that this is an episode where we get almost the entire episode. It's just Aang and Sokka like joking around with each other. There's no yeah. moment of like serious worry. Like even when things get intense and crazy later on, they're, they're joking around. I love, love that. 
uh, Katara is like, make it be, you promise me, Aang. And it's like, Avatar's promise. And like, there's not even that, that moment of reflection where he thinks, oh, should I do it or not? It's like immediately like happy, upbeat, fun times, gambling and making money. Yeah. I wonder if it's his hair. And I know this sounds crazy um, to make this comparison, but like we have a dog, Fitz, and when he's gone a long time without getting like groomed or anything and his hair gets really shaggy, he gets a little more like feral and wild and he'll bark more and he'll just do kind of crazy things. Yeah. I'm not calling Aang a dog by any means, but I feel like, you know, so much of his life has been him as this bald monk with, you know, with the arrow there. And now he's got the shaggy hair. He's been pretending to be someone else. Um, I wonder if that, you know, is, is allowing him to kind of break away from his moral compass a little bit. Yeah. Just because he's, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, this is an avatar Aang with his shaved head and, and you know, whatever. This is just shaggy hair hiding out in the Fire Nation Aang. So let's mm-hmm. just go for it. Yeah. Um, so uh, one more thing. It's like, so Toph and Katara throughout all this are having their own, uh, you know, conflict battle. And it's obviously not just about, uh, I don't know, this uh, gambling or making money like this. Uh, it's, what I'm trying to say is when they come home and Katara asks Aang not to do it again, Toph delivers this line, like, why do you hate fun? Mm-hmm. And, and like, like that's, the, you see Toph's side of the argument. Uh, we're, we're about to see Katara's side here. Absolutely. That's a so, good, that's a good yeah. point. Katara continues to warn that these scams are dangerous and immoral. Toph tells her to quit acting like the mother of the group. When Katara suggests Toph is making a fuss because she secretly misses her own parents, Toph angrily walks away. After going into town to buy a messenger hawk, which he names Hockey, Sokka finds a wanted poster for Toph, who has been dubbed the Runaway. Horrified, Sokka tears down the poster and later shows it to Toph, who is delighted at the nickname and how much money is being offered for her return. Toph convinces Sokka to keep the wanted poster a secret from Katara by giving him funds for Appa's armor and expensive atlases. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, love me some expensive atlases. <laughs> yes, make it an uh, atlas. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Katara, she, yeah. She calls her a mom. I mean, That's, you know. Yeah, and, and not only that, it's like you're acting out of control. <laughs> a mom and a, a mom that's, uh, you know, being the momest of moms in the moment. Uh, but uh, I think she does have the point that uh, Toph, obviously, her parents controlled every aspect of her life, uh, and now she is acting out uh, as much as, you know, Katara is being a mom. She is, you know, she, and we'll see it even more soon, but she's extremely controlling in this episode, um, Katara. Um, I also love that they keep up this, you know, because again, Toph is so capable and so able to do all things that everybody always forgets that she's blind. And, you know, first it's, it's Sokka holding it out being like, do you see this? And she's Mm. like, of course not. And it happens again later, but, uh, great running gag. And, and like you mentioned, uh, before the episode, her nickname, the runaway is very Mm -hmm. apropos. I mean, listen, first off, She's excited to see, to see, she can't see, but just to find out that she's on a wanted poster. And uh, everyone gets a nickname 
and hers is the runaway uh, because she ran away from home. Uh, she's a little runaway. <laughs> um, yeah. So that makes me wonder who is uh, behind the bounty. Mm-hmm. That's uh, quite a bounty. And, and the fact that it's worth so much more. Yeah. Um, seemingly than, well, we have no idea how much she's taken, but. Well, the, so my first thought is that it's the parents that want, uh, that are f- behind this bounty, that it's, they dubbed her the runaway. Uh, it, it doesn't seem to be in the Fire Nation's, uh, that they would have anything against her other than her working with the Avatar. Uh, but, and, and then why nickname her the runaway? Well, because they, they might be working with the parents. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, she had, you know, her scams do involve her winning her money and running. It's um, true. So I think that's, you know, it's just a cool coincidence maybe that the show's yeah. creators kind of put in there. I, you know, it's a good point that you mentioned. Um, her parents haven't really seemed to have done anything since her father tasked um, Jin Fu and Master Yu to go find her. Yeah. You know, we don't know what they've been up to. We haven't had a scene with them. So for all we know, they are constantly trying to get in touch with her and just things aren't working out. But what I figure it would seem like, you know, let's not forget her mom didn't actually send that note Mm -hmm. to Bossing Say. That was a trap from them. So yeah, it seems like outside of trying to capture her um not much coming from them then again it's not like they know where she would be if they are trying to get in touch that's true um nice that you brought up the note at bossing say because uh at that point when toff heard her parents uh might be in town she's like oh my god i'm so excited let me go uh, i think deep down she does want to have a relationship with her parents where she can be free in herself and not the controlled Right. Top she's supposed to be. Uh, so, well, yeah. My, I well, it's up on that. I, I, you know, Qatar's not wrong either. To absolutely. And I think that uh, on top of that is, you know, maybe she, it, deep down, you're right. And the fact that that turned out to be a trap just made it that much harder for Top. You know, she's finally overcoming this obstacle, realizing she does care about her parents and does want a normal relationship with them. And, oh, of course, as soon as I let my guard down, I get captured. So not doing that again. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then they have Sokka, who is, like, in town spotting the wanted poster because he's buying a toy hawk. I mean, it, it's yes, it's a bird and a pet, but it is uh, – we're, we're, we're starting to see now that the money is more than uh, – what we need to make ends meet it's just for the thrill of taking it and having all these luxuries uh when they she when he comes back to camp uh toff is like you know take have a little more buy buy yourself something sweet uh you know i do like expensive atlases and uh appa armor it's it's, it's just like now katara is 100 percent in the right about these oh, yeah. being immoral and that the danger and none of this is worth it that literally you have the biggest target in the world on your back and uh, you don't want to draw attention. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, another thing here that they think of doing with all this money is buying Appa armor. I didn't know they made flying bison sized armor. Maybe we'll um, have to revisit this. Well, absolutely. We will revisit this. Yes. Um, but very, yes. And 
Yes, we shall. Okay. While rummaging through Toph's belongings, Katara discovers the wanted poster and confronts her, who angrily replies that Katara, not her mother, uh, that she's Katara and not her mother, and she shouldn't be giving her orders. The two of them refuse to speak to one another. Sokka writes a fake apology from Toph, using hockey to deliver it to Katara, but she easily sees through the ruse due to Toph's blindness and inability to write, read or write. Sokka later talks to Toph to try to mend the rift between her and Katara. As they discuss how Katara's motherly instincts can also be supportive and nurturing, Katara overhears bathing in the water beneath them. Sokka reveals Katara took on the role of their mother after her death, so much so that to Sokka, she eventually replaced the face of their mother. Toph admits she appreciates Katara's motherly nature and believes Katara cares for her more than her real mother ever did. Wow. That's, right. a, that's a, an emotional journey. Um, Quite. Okay. A little narc. A little, little sneaky, sneaky, sneaky Katara. Yeah, so this is, stuff. this is a total mom move. It's like, uh, I found this bag. Yeah, oh, I was tidying your room because it's a mess and I... Uh, yeah. I found this bag. What is this, tea? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, Mom, it's tea. Don't drink it. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, Katara asks, like, it's, uh, when is it going to be enough money? Like, mm -hmm. we, we, we have a hawk now. We, we have uh, an outlaw name. Uh, it's, it's, it's time, yeah. And I think that, again, we're, we're blinded that this isn't even about Toph for Katara. Um, you know, for Sokka, it's one thing because he's just kind of a space cadet sometimes. But for Katara, obviously, she's very well aware that Toph is blind. But she comes out, again, holding up the poster like, what is, you want to explain this? Yeah. Um, and, and finally, Toph's just like, what is with you guys? I am blind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like for Qatar, it's much more about like, it doesn't matter. It's just, I'm so mad and, and how dare you guys. Yeah. Um, but it, again, and it's, and it's just out of her concern for the group, not for one person, but for everyone. Um, it's great that she was able to overhear this conversation. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's start with Sokka <laughs> using hockey. So at uh, least the hawk knows some general like, I'm going to put this in here and you have to fly it somewhere. And he does yeah. to guitar. So that's good. Mm -hmm. I also love that. Like they have no idea how to use him. Mm -hmm. So I think that also supports, it definitely supports your, your theory about him just buying this because he needs like a fancy item. Yeah. Remember avatar day. Sokka loves buying nice things just because. Mm -hmm. um, so he had no idea how to use hockey and it didn't really matter. He just wanted the status symbol. Yeah. Um, and Again, it's 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 Aang and Sokka having this wonderful back and forth where they're just having fun this whole time, kind of staying yeah. away from the drama. And like, you know, Sokka has this idea and Aang saying, man, I got to say, Sokka, you continue to impress me with your ideas. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then it doesn't work. And then Sokka's next idea is, well, I guess our plan B is to, is to write a note from Guitara and have, <laughs> and, and have Toph read it. And Aang's like, yeah, I think you're going to run into a similar problem. Um, yeah, dude, it's Great. just, you, all episode has just been fun times with Aang and Sokka. That's been really yeah. fun to see. And then, like, we go from this, like, silly, fun time Sokka to the most serious, open, uh, share, bearing his heart to Toph to kind of have her 
understand Katara's point of view a little. Yeah, and, and this is one of the more tragic, like beautiful, beautifully tragic, but, uh -huh. but still really sad um, admissions, I think, in the whole series. Yeah. When, well, on both ends, when, you know, for Sokka to say that it's been so long since he saw his mother and the guilt he must feel that now he only pictures Katara's face instead of hers, not only is that a wonderful compliment in reality for totally. Katara, but it's, you know, you can imagine how guilty Sokka must feel because he must, you know, he might think that that, you know, in some weird way, somebody would, would hear that and think, oh, that means that you don't love your, your mom enough or, or appreciate or remember her enough. And it's like, no, it's just, it's been so long. And Katara's done such a good job of taking over that role in her own way mm -hmm. that that's kind of how I see it. And then Toph's admission right after that, it's just this like bang, bang um, to the gut, you know. Katara does definitely care more about Toph, we believe, than her mother did. I mean, she didn't even have to say that just from what we've seen. You know, when they were at the dinner, she didn't really have anything to say to Toph or to anyone. She was just about like, oh, let's go have dessert after this food fight. Um, we never really see her talk to anyone. She's just kind of there in the background. Um, she wasn't the one who sent the note to Toph. It was a trap. Um, her father was the one who sent those guys to capture her for her safety. Her mom's just kind of like, we don't know if she really has much of a relationship at all with her mom. Katara, yeah. on the other hand, is, and, you know, again, this has only been a few months um, in Showtime. Uh, and yet, this is the impact Katara's made on top. Yeah. Very, man. And that, and that she's there to overhear it and actually... Because there's no way Toph and Katara were going to have some couples therapy and then they would hear that this would come out. No, so yeah. um, it's awesome. A touch Katara later approaches Toph and suggests that she and Toph work together to collect the bounty that she has accumulated as the ultimate scam. The group expresses surprise, especially Aang and Sokka, who faint while foaming at the mouth, but Katara is insistent that she can show her fun side. Katara pretends to turn Toph into the authorities, catching up to the first scene of the episode. However, the entire scenario turns out to be a trap set out by the assassin Zuko hired. Katara and Toph are imprisoned in a cell made of wood, material that neither of them can bend. As Aang and Sokka battle the assassin, Toph and Katara try to devise a way to escape the cage. Katara suggests Toph use her meteorite bracelet to make a saw, but Toph left it at camp. Exhausted, Katara wipes her forehead and discovers it's covered in sweat. She starts to run in place, building up more sweat. When Toph asks what she's doing, Katara replies, I'm making my own water. She waterbends her sweat to slice through the wooden cell and escape the prison, earning Toph's praise. Katara and Toph race to help Aang, arriving just in time to save him from Combustion Man. Toph accidentally manages to strike the assassin's third eye tattoo with a pebble, knocking him back. He rises and attempts to fire another explosion in the group's direction, only to find his chi blocked. The air around him explodes and the group escapes. While running away, Sokka names their opponent Combustion Man. Right. Well, boy. So, uh, <sighs> Katara. Yeah. Seems like a 180 here. 
uh, it's like, hey, Toph, let's pull the ultimate scam. Let's go for your bounty. Uh, kind of, uh, I think her her want to reconcile with Toph and, and build a relationship uh, <laughs> overpowered her reason and the whole, hey, guys, we're drawing way too much attention, uh, making more money than we need for you know risking it. And uh, it's, hey, let's pull the ultimate scam. Uh, Absolutely right. Um, At the same time, I I don't know that they're... I don't know why they'd forget about this guy having just escaped him recently. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, why would you expect someone like that to be capable of all this, like, background machinations to set up a trap? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so the wooden prison. Yeah. Uh, what you go first, like? <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, are they using wooden deadbolts to keep this door closed? Are they using a wooden, like, hinge to keep it upright? Are there not metal screws? Are there not metal locks? Could Toph not work that angle and knock what, it what's down? The if wall it's made of, yeah. Like, if it's just wood, I'm not saying you know it might hurt. It might be very hard. But these are two experienced. You know, yes, they're benders, but they're also martial artists. You have to know martial arts to bend. Yes. Who's to say they can't just throw their weight into the door and try to knock it down that way? Um, (laughs) Lastly, while she did leave her meteorite bit um, back at the camp, they're both wearing, like, some sort of jewelry. I think she's got that, like, metal-looking necklace. Um, They've got bracelets on. Are those also, like, paper or something? Can they not use those yeah. to try to bend out or, or break out in some way. I don't... I, I, I'm also thinking we're in the Fire Nation. You're going to build your thing out of the one thing that's destroyed by fire? Like, yeah. It's, uh, this is... It's like building... Uh, I don't know. B- build it out of ice. It'll melt. Like, it's, it's just one of these things that's just like... Uh, wh- why? Of, of all that, the things. That's true, too. You're yeah. right. Like... um. Especially given the fact that the person um, attacking is combustion, man. I mean, you're going to put them in a wooden cell. Mm. I mean, I guess he is trying to kill them all, but you're going to put them in a wooden cell and then shoot fire at them? I mean, what's, what's your logic here? <laughs> uh, um, well, dude, I like that it's just tough in the wooden cell at first. Katara mm-hmm. is like, okay, I'm here to get my reward. And then that, that like, uh, yeah. here you go. He turns her over, right over to Sparky. Uh, yeah. And and he was smart enough to not, I mean, I guess, again, how do they know? Like, how does anybody know that she can bend metal? What has she done in front of anyone, even Combustion Man, to make them think that a wooden cell? You know, the only reason they did this, obviously, is to set up the next episode, The Puppet Master, mm-hmm. to show Katara making her own water so they can kind of use it previously on and then yeah, yeah. build on that for what we're going to learn later on. But in terms of logic, like I think that this is one of the one of the few times in the series where there's a glaringly obvious kind of dumb decision to force you, a scenario here. If, if right? metal is earth, then isn't wood also earth? It is yes, literally it's a, a tree. Literally every it's, anything. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you'd think so. The the idea that a wooden cell is an obstacle for Toph, who. Uh, yeah, didn't like like what are, is the whole building made of wood or like, no? I feel like the walls else, are made of metal. Yeah, the cells next to them are metal, 
and so yet Toph couldn't yeah. take the metal from that and use that to break the wooden door. I mean, there's just so many uh, listen, holes in this really whole scenario. Only in there for like 15 minutes before Katara joined her. Yeah. So, so I, I think you know she would have figured it out. Give her an hour sitting there meditating on it. But I guess yeah, but Katara, Katara was in there for a minute. I mean, they you know <laughs> they were there for like 10. To, I mean, for no, us, we don't we don't know that because we just cut to um, Aang and. Uh, Sokka, and they're like, should their scam have taken this long? Let's go check on them. It's um, the day. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I still think that if you look to your left and right, like if you're looking for wood or yeah. something metal to bend, I don't think it would take her 15 minutes. I think in the course of her conversation yeah. with Katara, she'd look left or right, just look around for something and be like, oh man, the cell next to us, let's do that. Yeah. Um, so again, I think that it's nice that they set this up to show Katara using her sweat, but there are so many better ways to have done this if you had to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's also like this lack of judgment on Katara's part, but that's more her wanting to bond with, with Toph. Yeah. Um, we also get our first sparky, sparky boom man, which I like, but it's hard to say because it takes too long. <laughs> I like Sparky uh, for short. <laughs> yeah. I like it even um, more than Combustion Man. Yeah. Yeah, Combustion Man, it, it makes more sense, but it's not nearly as much fun. Sparky. Um, yeah, but talking <sighs> with the names. Yeah. It's uh, important to note that it was an accidental strike to the third eye that is the uh, Achilles heel of, of Sparky. You can block the chi and. And it's nice because he, he had to have some weakness. Absolutely. Well, it's funny because it almost seems like there was a gravitational pull when he blew up the rock that she threw at him. And this one pebble somehow took a, a beeline right to his third eye. Um, so I don't know if that was something that Toph, like, you know, she kind of threw the rock and ran, but I don't know if she threw the rock with some intent with, for that. I don't know if she could even do that. Um, but also, she tried to hit him with like an entire half of a mountain in the in the last you know the last time he attacked them, and he shot his fire and everything just blew up and went yeah. in every direction. So why in this one when she throws one little like kind of oblong boulder is this what yeah. happened to break off into his eye? Perfect, um, uh, a perfect chip off the old boulder. That's uh, hey, hey. Uh, that's what they say. That's the flamio of the Earth Kingdom. Right? <laughs> Chip off the old boulder. Chip off the old boulder. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, right. So uh, lots of stuff happening there. Gang gets out alive. And uh, really, they, they were playing with fire in the Fire Nation by uh, trying to get that bounty on Toph. Yep. Um, so at the end here, later, Toph comes to the conclusion that she does not truly hate her parents. With Katara's help, she writes a heartfelt message for her parents, which she sends Hockey to deliver. The episode ends with Sokka inquiring as to where Hockey is, not knowing he'd been sent off. Aww, a little humor, <laughs> a little pathos. <laughs> or if he'd ever come back. Yeah. And, and that ends the episode, yeah. What a uh, nice little thing. A good emotional journey. Toph sending the letter is, uh, is due to Katara's mothering. Uh, it wouldn't have happened on her own. Another question. Yeah. We are, we have, this entire episode was also emphasizing how risky it was to draw attention to yourself. 
Yeah. And here Toph is sending a note from within the Fire Nation, uh, signing yes. it Toph to her parents mm. with the messenger hawk. None of the group knows how to like right. or, or direct. They just say, you know, take, you know, just hoping that it'll make it to Toph's parents. Who's to say someone it doesn't intercept this, just like Combustion Man's Hawk did the last you know, message, a couple yeah. episodes ago? No, and no. they're like, "Oh, Toph, the Fire Nation. Yeah. All right, let's look into this." Yeah. I just—that's even—that's also between the, the the wanted poster and now sending a note out. You know, why not just scream out, "Hey guys, Team Avatar, we're over here. Come say hi." Yeah. I don't know. No, it's it's, it's uh, nice, but yeah. So. Uh... It was nice, all right, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have nice endings, e even if, uh, you know, because, I mean, yeah, they don't know better, but they know better. It's, it's like one of these things that, like, they haven't seen us see uh, a prior Hawk message get intercepted, so uh, mm -hmm. we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that ep or that Hawk message, yeah. Yeah. All right, and... Uh, on that note, we wrap up chapter seven, The Runaway. What a yeah. Ooh, she's Indeed. a runaway. Uh, closing <laughs> remarks, thoughts, vibes. What'd you think? Um, it was a fun one. This is definitely a filler episode, yeah. um, if there's ever been one. You know, there's a little bit of advancement with the combustion, you know, at least we named the assassin, sort of. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's somewhat incapacitated, I think. Yeah. Um, we're not quite sure how that worked uh, or why, you know, if you could just throw a rock at someone. Oh, I guess in this instance, he has a third eye, so it's pretty blatant. Mm -hmm. uh, unlike other benders or people where their chi is specific pressure points, for him, the third eye would absolutely be one. Mm -hmm. um, no Zuko, no Iroh, no, you know, we're in the Fire Nation, but none of our other Fire Nation characters. Um, interesting. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what that means moving forward and, and what they've been up to since that huge reveal that Zuko got in Avatar on the Fire Lord. Yeah, and uh, man, I uh, definitely liked that it was a filler, but that it was Toph's filler, or mostly Toph's. Mm -hmm. uh, I like just that she loved having the, being an outlaw, having her own wanted poster, being the runaway. Uh, you know, she she's the band, she's the blind bandit and the runaway, and uh, yeah, it's Madam you know, Fussy it's, Bridges. <laughs> That's Madam Fussy Bridges is Madam uh, Fussy Bridges. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's an episode of nicknames. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it, and and fun, man. Just yeah. no, no, no schedule to to speak of. Just uh, making easy money, and. Uh, Staying alive. <laughs> yeah, after the seriousness of the last episode, it's uh, mm. it is kind of refreshing to just have a light-hearted, fun one. Yeah, and that wraps up another episode of the Boys in the Iceberg. Woo! But be sure to follow the Boys in the Iceberg on Instagram and Twitter, and you could find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for listening. Good night. Flamio, Hotman. <laughs>